Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Here's what DC is talking about. While everyone else was freaking out about what the new AI search bot ChatGPT could do to students' term papers or people's jobs, Axios DC reporter Chelsea Ceruzzo decided to find out what it means for people trying to learn about Washington, D.C. Bottom line, don't quit your day jobs, tour guides. Today, Chelsea and I and ChatGPT are chatting about what the Internet gets wrong about D.C. Today is Tuesday, March 14th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast D.C., So Chelsea, you tested ChatGPT's DC knowledge. How'd that go? Yeah, it was actually pretty fun. So I decided to ask ChatGPT some pretty basic questions about what it knew about DC. Um, mostly a lot of like, what are some good things to do around town? What are the best restaurants? Frankly, it was a little bit underwhelming. Um, it just kind of regurgitated a lot of stuff that I um, kind of felt like any tourist might know, like go to the Cherry Blossoms, go to the National Mall. So I tried to see if I could kind of get it to give us some more interesting answers, but it kind of came off a little bit as a tourist. So you're saying that this robot doesn't live here? Yeah, I, I don't think so. He's <laughs> from out of town. Yeah. Uh, what was the funniest mistake you saw? Oh, I think the best one is I asked it to write a haiku about Dave Thomas Circle, um, and I'll just share it for you. It says, roundabout of grace, Dave Thomas Circle spins on, peaceful cars swirl by. If anyone's ever driven through Dave Thomas Circle, that couldn't be further from the truth. Not a lot of grace or peace. No. So ChatGPT can't understand DC because the internet is confused about DC. That's sort of my theory of the case, uh, mainly because of all the federal focus here. So people use the word Washington as like a metonym for the you know Uncle Sam, the federal government, et cetera. And local DC gets kind of unnoticed. Mm -hmm. If AI gets DC so wrong, what does that say about the general public's understanding of our town? I think you're definitely right that it kind of confuses D.C. with Washington. Like I tried to prompt it to get into hometown D.C., but it just kept kind of pulling out that, you know, we have Congress here. It's politics, power, which, again, is just so silly because, you know, we know that D.C. is really um, at the whim of Congress. So this sort of political power thing that it was like, trying to tell me about D.C. I thought was so interesting. Part of it possibly comes back to Again, like it pulls from the Internet and people online might be writing D.C. when they really mean federal Washington. Certainly, you know, mistakes I made early on in my career um, trying to differentiate between the two. I've reported on both federal and local. So I honestly think it just comes down to this idea that D.C. is all just monuments and Congress when we just have this amazing culture otherwise. But it's hard for people to really parse through it. And ChatGBT is definitely not helping. Wait, so wait, what did they get right? 
Hmm. Well, I did ask it what the best restaurants in town were. Of course, it's an AI, so it tries to tell me that it doesn't have a favorite, but some of the best are the Dabney, which was ranked as the best local restaurant this year. So that kind of makes sense where that came from. It also mentioned Bad Saint, which had closed last year, but of course had always been included on these lists as one of the best restaurants. And as I understand it, their their knowledge ends in 2021. Yes. Like they stopped updating the, the database. Yeah, and I think that's probably where this confusion comes from. Back in 2021, Bad Saint was still open. There were a lot of different things going on. Did you ask it where you're supposed to stand on the escalators of the metro? I did. It said you should stand right and walk left. So that was good. That was a good... Fact a good, check. True. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If, if nothing else, um, a tourist who uses ChatGPT to figure out what to do will know how to walk when they're on the metro escalators. So... That's a win, I think. A big plus. So I, mean, I think that it's funny because you, you, you did this sort of as a goof, but you wound up stumbling upon the like very real limitations of AI that are like important in like much heavier contexts, like lack of common sense. They can't really get context here, whether you're talking about like DC, the hometown or DC, like the symbol of the country and like biased responses. Did you run into any of that? I, I mean, I think so. I Not so much the bias, I, I would say, uh, because, again, it just kept telling me that it doesn't take sides or opinions, but here's what it pulls from this site and that site. But I do think it just doesn't have any nuance to it or, or lacks a lot of nuance that I think when we're having conversations about, hey, what are you going to do in D.C. this weekend? It's not like many of us are saying, you know, I'm going to go down to the National Mall, which, like, of course, people do. But you might add in stuff like I'm going to go to the 930 Club or I'm going to go to this bar that I really like. So I, I think that's a big component to it, which is kind of interesting, right? Because a lot of newsrooms are even considering now to use AI, use ChatGPT in its stories. So it's confusing or I guess it's an interesting practice or, or study on how that will actually capture all that nuance. So I think we should test it ourselves. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me if there's questions that you want to type in. We've got some ideas of our own, too. Um, I mean, I would love to know where I can see the best flowers and blossoms around D.C. that's not the Tidal Basin because it gets very crowded down there. Where can I see the best flowers? Yeah, the best blossoms. All right. So, Chelsea, the answer is pretty long to that question. Oh, wow. Um, and it, uh, it says, Washington, D.C. is famous for beautiful cherry blossom. And there are several places where you can see them at their best. Here are some popular spots. Then it mentions the Tidal Basin, the National Mall the National Arboretum, uh, East Potomac Park, and the Kenwood neighborhood of Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, oh, the last okay. is like a thing that locals like to think of as like a hot secret for ourselves. Yeah. Um, much to the oh, displeasure of the residents of that neighborhood. Yeah, that's surprising. Okay. I, I, I think that's good. <laughs> the first few, I'm like, okay. I'm curious how it answers like more amorphous questions. Like people are... Uh, I think sometimes inaccurately, uh, always down on um, on Washington's fashion sense. Um, oh, yes. So why don't we ask it, what is D.C.'s fashion like? Oh, I like that question. Yeah, I, I think I dress pretty well around here, but um, Twitter would tell me otherwise. All right. So uh, it says, Washington, D.C. is a city with a diverse range of fashion styles influenced by the city's politics, history, and diverse population. Here are some of the fashion trends that you might see in Washington, D.C., one classic and conservative. Oh, okay. Interest. Ah, uh, <laughs> depends on where you are. I feel like going out at night, it's different. 
As the seat of government and home to many professionals, classic and conservative styles are often seen in Washington, D.C. This can include tailored suits, blazers, and pencil skirts. Oh, oh my God. I, pencil well, skirts. I guess I, yeah, I have not worn a pencil skirt in a while, but I guess like a tailored blazer is, is, is a staple for me. All right, number two, preppy. Washington, D.C. is home to several prestigious universities. And the preppy style is popular among students and young professionals. Accessories are an important part of fashion. It's boat shoes and khaki pants. Uh, okay, I can I can see that. Like maybe um, in Georgetown. And I mean, I went to AU. That sounds about right. How's your boat shoe collection? Um, lacking, but I have seen it. You've seen others in boat shoes. Yes. <laughs> and you dropped the dime clearly to ChatGPT. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them that. That's actually a pretty good one. But then again, I mean, it probably comes back to like, you know, everyone tweets the gingham shirt in the springtime that all the men wear the gingham shirt. So right. kind of comes back to that. Right. The boyfriend shirt, because everyone's boyfriend yes. has one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mine does. <laughs> um, number three, active wear. Active wear. With many people leading busy lives, active wear is a popular choice for many in Washington, D.C. This can include yoga pants, athletic shoes and hoodies. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. Definitely brunch time. Everyone's coming back from like their workout. Number four, cultural influences. Washington, D.C. is home to a diverse population, and you can see cultural influences in fashion choices. For example, you might see African prints, traditional Middle Eastern clothing, or South Asian saris. Okay. I mean, I, I could see that. We have a lot of um, embassies and diverse groups here. And number five, accessorizing. Accessories are an important part of fashion in Washington, D.C., you might see people wearing statement jewelry, scarves, and hats to add a pop of color or personality to their outfits. Uh, I, I feel like that's a little outdated. I don't know if anyone wears scarves and hats as much anymore. They didn't mention the lanyards. You see a lot of lanyards uh, around town. Yes, especially in the summer. All right. So we were thinking, what is dating like in D.C.? <laughs> yes. We actually had a disagreement about this at, at CityCast World Headquarters where mm -hmm. uh, I was saying that I think um, the dating in D.C. is no different than people in the same socioeconomic class and group of tastes and so on dating anywhere else. And uh, my uh, colleagues, uh, who are a little closer to the fire on this, uh, disagreed mm -hmm. violently with me. Oh, uh, okay. But let's see what uh, Chat GPT has to say. Yeah. I, I like that question. What is dating in D.C. like? Dating in Washington, D.C. can be exciting. Oh, OK. Interesting. Good start. As the city is full of young professionals and a diverse range of activities to enjoy. Here are some things to keep in mind when dating in D.C. Number one, busy schedule. D.C. is known for its fast paced and busy lifestyle, and this can make it challenging to find time for dating. Many people work long hours and have demanding jobs, which can make it difficult to schedule dates. However, there are many options for lunch dates, weekend brunches and after work happy hours. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds that sounds right. Um, I, I, yeah, OK, I, I'm buying it so far. People are busy, but there are t there's time so you guys can hang out. Number two, political climate. With its status as the nation's capital, politics can be a big part of dating in D.C. This can be a point of conversation or even a deal breaker for some people. It's important to respect each other's political views and be open to discussing them in a mature way. I'm open to discussing them in an immature way. 
<laughs> I kind of feel like that's what the vibe is. I don't know. I feel like there's stories every Valentine's Day of, you know, people dating across the aisle and it, it totally worked out. I do feel like a lot of people here are um, mainly liberal and that probably makes it easy, <laughs> easier for for people. That's, so. that's true. And I, but I also think that this knock on D.C. is a like, you know, it's a town of constant ceaseless political warfare and people can't get. I actually think um like for a lot of people who work, you know, close to politics, either, you know, in politics or in influence industry or whatever, they actually, compared to people almost anywhere else in the country, just as a matter of professional necessity, they have to be able to deal with people who have different politics because they just, you know, that's part of the that's part of the job. So I feel like it's in like the rest of the country where the like newspapers before Thanksgiving have like advice columns about how to like not have a huge fight with your conservative uncle at Thanksgiving. And here actually people are better at that. That's my sense. I think this, I think it's, that buys into a, a false uh, stereotype. No, I, I agree with that. I've never heard a friend tell me that their date had started some kind of political argument. Maybe they talked about it, but like, it's not been a huge issue. Right. It's better, more likely they're going to argue about where to see the cherry blossoms. Right. Exactly. That's, that's important, you know? Um, okay. So it says uh, number three thing to keep in mind about dating in DC, diverse activities. D.C. offers a wide range of activities for dating, from visiting museums and art galleries to outdoor activities like hiking or kayaking on the Potomac River. There are also many trendy restaurants, bars, and nightlife options to choose from. Yeah, I think that sounds right, too. I, I think one of the things I didn't mention, D.C. Had definitely has a reputation for like lots of drinking and lots of alcohol. But though I know a lot of people who are sober, too, so... I think that, you know, one of the main issues my friends who date have had is finding places they could go if they don't drink or their or their partner doesn't drink. Uh, but that's kind of getting better, I think. Number five is an interesting claim, and that is high standards. For ambitious and successful people in D.C., there can be high expectations when it comes to dating. People in D.C. often have high standards for their partners, including education level, career success, and personal values. Huh. I would hope, I mean, I would hope people have high standards. I don't know if it has to do with like education or, or I don't know, or what, but I, I would say people here are pretty confident in themselves. I've noticed that a lot. Like people have really cool jobs or have cool things going on that they're confident and they know themselves really well. So they, they expect their partner to be kind to them, which it sounds like a very low barrier, but you know. Yeah. I would hesitate to say any city people have low standards of their dates. Well, except that people are always joking about like the bleak dating environment and how they're having to lower their standards. Yes, that's true. Yeah. See, part of me is like, how much of that is really true and how much of is of it is like, I'm just going to make a joke on Twitter about how I can't get a date. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Wait, we got an, actually got a, a, a question suggestion from oh. the Hey DC reader called Alex. And Alex asks us to ask AI. Design an effective strategy for the district to become a state. Oh, okay, cool. I like that question. Highly relevant right now. Yeah, absolutely. Requires careful consideration and strategic planning. That's true, but that yeah. also would be true if you're talking about designing a vacation for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Here are some steps that can be taken to design an effective strategy for the district to become a state. Number one, build a strong coalition. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah, but I think we've done that. Number two, focus on the economic benefits. Okay. Um, okay, well. Highlighting the economic benefits of statehood, such as increased representation and tax revenue, can be a powerful argument for gaining support. Developing a comprehensive economic plan that demonstrates the benefits of statehood, including job creation and increased access to federal funds, can be a key part of the strategy. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but I think ChatGPT may misunderstand the problem here because <laughs> that focus would suggest that, like, there are a huge number of local residents who need to be convinced of this, as opposed to a huge number of members of the Congress who answer to voters elsewhere and don't particularly care if you or I <laughs> receive economic benefits. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm like, I think everyone here is on board with it. I know last year, Congress members who are not supportive of statehood had said, oh, D.C. has no economy. They don't have an airport. They don't have a car dealership. There are no mines or whatever, and which all of that uh, doesn't um, you know, we do have a car dealership, but um, <laughs> maybe that's where it's coming from. Number three, develop a clear message. OK. Number four, mobilize public support. Number five, engage with Congress and the White House. Oh, OK. I think that's kind of like, yeah, where we're stuck right now, like level five. Number six, focus on long term advocacy. I suspect that this set of principles could be applied to pretty much any campaign for anything. Yeah, I'm a little confused about the last one, because I think that if we were to become a state, we don't need to long term advocate to be a state, to remain a state. I think it's right. a done deal. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think that, it understands what the issue is here. Right. And I think that the the um, the 220 years of the city's existence are probably fairly long term. Yeah, the, the public support, I think, is there. Uh, hey, so when, when you were doing your... Um, when you were doing your piece, which I thought was so funny in Access DC, um, what were some of the other fun things that you got out of it? Yeah, um, I think on the statehood front, I'd asked it what was on DC's license plates, and it mm -hmm. told me that the DC's motto is on it, which is justice for all, which, as we know, is not it. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking now that maybe ChatGPT is anti-statehood with the, all these answers. Um, mm -hmm. So I asked it about that. Oh, I, I asked it to, I mean, I always asked it to write poems. I thought that'd be pretty fun. Again, totally underwhelming. It told us, it told me in the heart of our nation stands DC, a city of of power and history. I'm like, okay, well, you can say that for many cities. <laughs> well, also, uh, geographically, that's not necessarily accurate. Uh, the mm -hmm. heart of the nation, that is. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe that's symbolically. A good point. <laughs> 
<laughs> the edge of the nation, the east side of the nation. Um, so what's this told you about about whether you're going to use AI uh, for your own future tourism activities? Probably not. Maybe if another city that I'm going to visit, because I do like touring and like if I'm visiting a city, like I, I do want to do touristy stuff. Why not? You know, it's there for for a reason. So that, that might inform um, what I'm going to do. Definitely not for D.C. I, I feel like I'd rather ask DCists or 730, all the wonderful uh, news we already have here because it doesn't seem like there's also a leading local uh, podcast oh yes that, that yes uh, i've heard of them city cast cc <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I don't think that chat gpt is a subscriber um unfortunately to all of our lovely uh news services so i will be and i'll just rely on them chelsea thank you so much for being here yeah thank you for having me this was fun And before you go, lead producer Priyanka Tilbey is here with some quick news. D.C.'s 7th District Police Unit is facing increased scrutiny after prosecutors had to drop 65 gun possession cases in one month because of mishandled seizures. Investigators are already looking into the unit for repeatedly stopping people and seizing their guns without making any arrests. Seven officers have been on administrative leave or desk duty since October because of these issues. Meanwhile, for the first time ever, middle school students in Fairfax will get to play official team sports next year. The county put aside $600,000 for cross-country and track teams, which would be the first sports program for middle school students in the district. The superintendent hopes the program will help boost attendance, health, and academic progress. And lastly, D.C. Council is considering a bill that would create a new LGBTQ pride license plate. Fees from the plates would be used to support programs and resources at the city's Office of LGBTQ Affairs. D.C. already has specialty license plates supporting the Nationals baseball team, veterans, the environment, and more. Okay, back to you, Michael. Today's D.C. life hack comes from listener Richard Trent. He's the executive director of the group Friends of Anacostia Park, and he reached out after hearing our episode last week about the 11th Street Bridge project. I hear stories like the one you did, and I'm on the one hand very excited about this new project, but also there's already a massive national park east of the river in Anacostia. It's bigger than Central Park. It spans 1,100 acres for eight miles along the Anacostia River. It's beautiful. It's the backyard park of 155,000 black and, and brown D.C. residents. It is magical. And all the stuff that we're talking about wanting to see, right, of communities commingling and cultural kinship and creative placemaking, it's literally already happening at Anacostia Park. So if you haven't already, be sure to check out Anacostia Park. It's right along the Anacostia. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, post about it everywhere so ChatGPT takes notice. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Oh, man, we should have got ChatGPT to write us an intro. <laughs>